0: Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoyed this message, recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Let me ask you a question this morning. God is doing something within the world, but I believe within the UK, where he's changing church. And the thing is, change is a challenge, isn't it? We don't like change. And the question really is this, are you an old wineskin, or are you a new one? Because scripture says that those who the old wineskin taste the new wine say, Ah, that's not as good. But the end of that scripture, Jesus wants to preserve both. And so there's no problem in being an old wineskin as long as you are cheering on the new wineskin. As long as you're making space, as long as you're saying, you know what, we want to see this work. And the challenge is, as you get older, you get set in your ways a bit. Talk to my kids. Get set in your ways. But God wants to do something new. I honestly believe that God is changing so that people who are where you are do the work and it's not the platform. You know, it's great, we meet on a Sunday, we have these amazing, talented people, but actually the kingdom of God is about each person being the priest that God has called them to minister into the area that they're in. And and my my challenge as a church leader is over the years I've noticed that so many people think, I can't do this. I can't do it. I'm not like Simon, I'm not like Tom, I'm not like these guys, I, I can't do it, but God has called you and God has anointed you. Let me read to you from uh, 1 Peter 2, verse 4, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves are like, you yourselves are like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You are a living stone. You are something precious in the sight of God. You know, I had a sermon, I had a different sermon prepared, but I just felt as I was preparing this morning that god wants you to know how precious you are you're precious that the challenge of church is that church is messy yeah ministry is messy if you ever find the perfect church don't join because you will upset the balance there is none i've done 30 plus years of ministry and I've yet to go to a church, go to a ministry that has got everything 100% right. We are these earthen vessels, and we carry the treasure in jars of clay, and we have our foibles, we have our problems, but God works through despite that. Just think about the Scripture. We love the Scriptures. But if you removed every single New Testament letter that was written because of a problem, we would be left with the Gospels. The New Testament is there because the church had problems and Paul and the other guys, they wrote their letters and they wrote it to encourage and to instruct and help, but it's a recognition that church is never a finished product because it is a moving body that changes as it goes. And so don't disqualify yourself this morning because you say, well... I don't pray enough. I don't feel committed enough. I don't feel anointed enough. You have what it takes to take the kingdom. I'm gobsmacked that over 2,000 years ago, 12 men with no smartphone think about that for a moment. (laughs) They did not have a smartphone. They had no computer. They had no telephones. They had no trains and no cars. They didn't have notebooks. Hey, they didn't even have this. Well, the Old Testament. And yet, they changed the world. They changed the world. How did they do? It was really simple. They had been with Jesus for three and a half years. They walked with him. They watched him. Jesus rebuked them. Jesus taught them. Jesus demonstrated and showed. And then when it really got going, Jesus says, hey, guys, I'm off. Can you imagine it? Jesus rises from the dead. There are these 12 disciples, well, 11. There are these guys standing there thinking, he's risen from the dead, he's glorified. This is amazing. And Jesus says, see ya. (laughs) And he floats off into heaven because they're ready. They can do it. And I want to say to you, if you know Jesus, you can do it. You know, the day of Pentecost came, they were waiting, they were empowered by God, and then the church grew to 3,000, a short while later it grew to 5,000, and then just under two or so years, a persecution breaks out, and in Acts it says, and everybody scattered except the apostles. What would it be like if in two years' time, God scatters everybody and we start again? God scatters everybody and we start again. It's the sending out because it then says wherever they went, they made disciples. What did the apostles do in under two years to equip these people that wherever they went, they could do it? And I think part of it is an understanding that we have what it takes. Now, I'm a Pentecostal. I passionately believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we need that power. You know, the, the greatest need, in my opinion, of church is that we need to see power restored. We've got a lot of words. We've got a lot of meetings. Let's be really honest. If we are trying to do it through entertainment, we're not going to compete with the world. And it's not about entertainment. I want people drawn in because they think, surely God is in this place. Our world is in the most desperate need it has been in for a long time. The United Kingdom has more mental health problems than folks can uh, shake a stick at. I'm a governor in a school, and in the school, this is a primary school, we have an emergency mental health representative. Just think about this. Primary school. Children. Children. They have a mental health emergency person there to help children that have a a mental health episode. I mean, this is nuts. And all of a sudden, we find that the most precious thing that we need are the internal qualities that the Holy Spirit brings I thank God every day that I can sit there, I can allow the scripture to wash over me, and I can allow the peace and the strength and the joy of God to help me. And the thing is, it doesn't change the problem. I don't know if you've noticed, but God very often doesn't change your difficulty, but he changes you. Because in the end, we have to break through the difficulty, but we do it by faith, and the faith comes as we meditate on the scripture, and the Holy Spirit speaks to us, and he empowers us, and we can go, yeah, I can do this. And the devil says, ooh, I think I better go, because these people actually believe it. You know, often in church life you, you go up to someone, you know, you had a little short time of greeting, and he said, How are you? I wonder how many of you really said, How you are? Isn't it a bit odd that we come to church and quite often we've got this kind of mask on? Everything's falling apart, everything's going really bad, and what do people Yeah, I'm fine. How are you? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. And you've got two people whose lives are not fine. They come into the church, which is supposed to be the body of Christ, and they look and think, well, I think I've, I've got to demonstrate that I'm in victory, but my life is not in a good state. Surely we should be those who can say, you know what, it's been a tough week. I need some prayer. I need some encouragement. We at the church that I'm at at the moment, Hope Church, we've had a really tough time this last year we've done nearly a funeral a month of people who've gone to glory. And they were sudden things for some people, and you walk through the challenge. There's that scripture, Philippians 4.13, uh, the NIV application commentary, can't remember who the commentator is, but he says it's not I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He says it is I can endure all things. I can endure them. I can be strengthened. Whatever I'm going to face, I can do it because Jesus Christ will give me strength. I would imagine if you sat down uh, with Eliana and John and you spoke to them about ministry of the last 30-odd years and said to them, how was it, you wouldn't get, oh, it's just wonderful. (laughs) You would get, it's good, but it's hard. And revival and persecution have always flown in together, always, always. And for us, believe it or not, the lines have fallen to us in pleasant places. For us in the UK, we might not think the UK is good, but it is still better than much of the world. My family, my my wife is from India. We lived in India for eight and a half years. And let me tell you, when we keep connecting with the folks we know there, it's much tougher than here. The Chinese believers, it is much tougher. The Korean believers, the North Korean believers, it is much tougher. We've mentioned our sisters from the Ukraine and just how difficult the context is there. But in all of this, we're more than 12 people. Think about this. We're more more than 12 people. We already have a head start on the disciples. We have the scriptures. We have the word of God. We're a group together. God has empowered us. Imagine what you can do. And to you IBTC students, you can conquer the world. You can go out and you can change, but I don't want to just single you out because you can all do it. We get to a point in life where we say, I'm now retired, and I'm a firm believer that retirement is in heaven, and if you're still on the earth, there is something to do. Even if it is pouring water on God's servants or encouraging them or helping them, there is still something that needs to be done. The best thing you can do, I want to speak a bit to some of you older ones, your responsibility is to encourage to encourage, you need to encourage, you need to strengthen, you need to support. Because we need the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. We need God to work in us so that we have the strength that he wants us to achieve these things. One of my favorite scriptures in uh, the past 6 to 12 months is Matthew 11:28 28 to 30. And this is Jesus speaking. He says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to ask you this morning, those of you in leadership, those of you in ministry, is your testimony that your yoke is easy and your burden is light? Why am I asking that? Because actually, the world will put a heavy burden on you, but Jesus does not. Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Either he is lying or we've missed something. I have to say, sometimes as a pastor, it doesn't feel easy and light. But I find that is more often the case when I'm not in the joy of the Lord. One of my heroes of old is George Muller. George Muller, the man of faith, came from Germany, came to the UK, went to Bristol, did these amazing orphanages, did it all in faith. But if you read his autobiography, he says in there, that for 15 years he used to rise up early in the morning and he would start praying, and he says his mind used to wander. He says for sometimes for up to an hour he was bringing his mind back to focus on the thing of prayer and he would struggle through. Maybe that's a bit of your own testimony. And then the Lord taught him to meditate on the scripture. And he said, I came to the conclusion that the first business of the day was to make my soul happy in the Lord. Happy in the Lord. And he goes on and he says, my first business wasn't to worry about the orphans, wasn't to get a word for ministry. It was for me to sit there and say, Lord, what is your word to me that my soul is happy? And I know that the British word happy sometimes is a bit uh, fickle, But we're talking about an inner joy that allows us to smile in the face of challenge. Why? Because he who is in us is greater than he that's in the world. That Jesus walks with us. And so we live this life. And I want to say to you, my experience is this. Believers who get the discipline right of daily meditating on God's word and spending time with him, they will make it through everything. They will get through because every day they've got fresh manna, they've got fresh bread, and it quickens them, and it brings life, and they motor on through because they know that God is with them. We noticed during COVID that those um, who didn't have that connection with God on a daily basis, they floundered. They were so dependent on the food on a Sunday that when it wasn't there, they couldn't meet in that they then had a problem. And I want to say, Sundays are great. It's great to listen uh, to, a, to a, a word preached, but it is no substitute for you to get up tomorrow morning and to get your bread from Jesus. To sit there and say, Lord, what do you... Because when you wake up, God will give you stuff, not just for you, but for other people. You know, Jesus, when the bread was broken, he fed 5,000, not just himself... He didn't, he didn't just say, well, let's feed the 12 disciples with these two loaves and fish. Let's feed them. He said, no, no, we're going to feed the whole crowd. Well, how does that work? Well, it's a miracle of God. And so God will give you stuff that will feed into people. We're, we're doing uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm going to have to do heavy repenting after all the eating I've been doing. But... <laughs> We've been doing this 21 days of prayer and fasting, and we've committed as a church to meet for one hour every day in the evening. Now, that's a big ask. Every day, come to church, pray for an hour. That increase just keeps creating a bigger and bigger spiritual dynamic in, in, the, in the room. I, I don't have to get the prayer meeting going. I don't have to gee up the people. There is just a sense of God doing stuff. And here's the thing out of it. that Our house is being sold. We're in a rented house. The landlord's selling it. And so the estate agent's coming in with people to view the property. And I was saying the other day, I said, Lord, I'd like to share the gospel with the estate agent. And so I kind of prayed the prayer, dismissed it, And then the next day, the the estate agent comes, but it's not the estate agent who's always come. It's another guy. And so in between people viewing the house, literally this is what he says to me. He says, you're a pastor, aren't you? He says, yes. He says, well, can you tell me, according to your faith, how I'm supposed to live in this world? (laughs) Hey. Oh, I think I have an answer here. And you know, and the beautiful thing within it is that if we are filled with God, he will bring people to us, we're not having to chase them down in the street. Every day you connect with hundreds of people, maybe not hundreds, maybe tens, you connect with people, and when they sense that in you is the Spirit of God, they'll begin to say, hey, you're different. How do you deal with this? How do you do this? Or maybe they'll say to you, oh, I'm going through a really tough time. And you say, can I pray with you? You know, I've yet to find someone who says, no, don't pray for me. Can I pray with you? Yeah. I had a lady come into the church last year, only came once, came in and said, I'm having these nightmares all the time, every day, and it's a problem. No, she came twice. I said, let's pray. So I prayed, rebuked all of that. She came back next week, and she said, all gone. You know, and we have that. It's not about big ministry. It's about each person being salt and light where they are. And I want to say to you this morning, you can do it. You have the same spirit that Jesus had because he's poured it out, and you can do it. You can share with people. You can bring life. But I want to say to you, it it comes down to saying, I'm coming to Jesus every day. You know, Jesus says here, come to me. And the invitation is to everyone. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you've got a heavy burden. Maybe things are a bit too much. Maybe you feel overwhelmed. Let me tell you that Jesus is the great burden carrier. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all of your care on him. Why? Because he cares for you. You know, over the years, one of the the books that I've read a number of times is J.B. Phillips' Your God is Too Small. I don't know if you've ever read that. But one of the, he goes through the different uh, views people have of who God is. And one of them always stuck in my mind. He says, some people see God as the resident policeman. You know, that God is here, and he says, oh, you're not dressed very well, don't be naughty, just get it sorted, or you're not praying enough, get a move on with that, or you're not evangelizing enough. And it's as if God is a policeman that is going around trying to give you tickets because you're not doing it right, but he's not like that. You know, in the end, God could have destroyed humanity if humanity was a problem that he didn't want to deal with, but he chose to save us. And because he chose to save us, and Scripture says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, it means that his love was greater than our sin, and therefore he's able to deal with it. And so when we say to ourselves we can't do it, we're actually not speaking for Jesus. Jesus can make the worst sinner clean. But very often it's not the worst sinner, it's the believers who have been brought up in a legalistic mindset, Who've been taught that actually, no, it's only the pastor who can do this, it's only this prophet or this. And we dismiss ourselves and think, I'm a little nobody. Well, I'm saying to you this morning, you are somebody, you are a son of God. Amen. And creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. Amen. You know, years ago, I watched this film called The Matrix, very popular movie. And there is a scene in the movie that's kind of etched into my mind where the key character in there understands who he is and he kind of just does this and the whole world flexes around him. The whole world flexes around him because he realizes who he is. And he does extraordinary things based on that. And scripture says we walk by faith, We do not walk by sight. It's not the things you see, it's the things you believe. The old King James Version uh, said, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And how you think about yourself will determine what you can achieve in God because without faith, it's impossible to please God. I mean, even Jesus, think about this, even Jesus, the Son of God, when he went into his own hometown, it says, he could not do many miracles because of their unbelief. I mean, that's a stunning thing. And so I want to say to you this morning, believe. Believe, believe that Jesus makes disposable to you every and any gift. I'm a firm believer that although some people carry a certain office spiritually, that God will make any spiritual gift you need available to you at whatever time you need it. I mean, wouldn't it, it would be really useless, wouldn't it, if God says, I'm giving you a gift of healing, but I'm going to strand you on a desert island. You kind of, well, that's really not much good. I need a gift that works in the context that I'm in. And so you have the right to say, hey, Jesus, this is a context I'm in. I'd like this gift, please. I'm an NHS worker. I would love the gift of healing. That seems a good idea, doesn't it? I'm in hospital with loads of sick people. Wouldn't it be great if we could see them healed? And so God wants to give us. Actually, I don't think God wants to give us. I think God has made them available. He says, I want you to take it. I want you to believe. I want you to walk out the door, and I want you to say, you know what? I can do this. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you. You know, we were singing that song, I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. and I was pondering on that this morning because normally in the middle of the storm, I'm not singing, I'm kind of screaming. And it's this idea that we act in faith. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. And sometimes we make mistakes, sometimes things go wrong, and then the song says... And up from the ashes, hope will arise. And Eliana said so wonderfully this morning, it is a new day. It's a new day, it's a new year. Isaiah 61 says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Now I know that it's talking about Jesus. But surely in Jesus conferring a kingdom on his disciples and breathing on them the same Holy Spirit, we also should be able to say, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. And when you read through about setting the captives free, about bringing healing, about binding up the brokenhearted, that is our calling as the people of God. Our world is desperate for broken people to be put back together, and the only one who can do it is Jesus. It's about Jesus. And as we trust in Jesus, you will be amazed, you know, you'll sit on an aeroplane, or you'll you'll be going somewhere, you'll be standing in the supermarket, and people will come to you, because the Spirit of of God calls them in you. Wherever Christ is lifted up, he draws people to himself. You lift Him up in your life, and he will draw them in. And so this morning, I just wanted to encourage, come. Now, I'm going to finish in a moment, but I want to give you an illustration. When we cook dinner at home, we then call the kids for dinner, say, Dinner's ready! Now, when I'm cooking, I can understand why they're not coming, but when my wife is cooking, there's nothing. So we shout again, Dinner's ready! Nobody comes. Get the mobile phone out, text, Dinner's ready, love, 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 smiley face, send, nothing. But then, I have this little switch downstairs that I can press, and the internet router goes off. (laughs) And I press that little button, and within two seconds, I can hear feet coming down the stairs, (laughs) and they're there. Why am I saying that? I'm saying that because Jesus calls us to come, but we can get distracted. We can get engrossed in things, saying, come! Come! I mean, we've got that parable where they're all called to the wedding feast and one says, well, I've got to go and view my field and I'm just married and I've got to do this and they don't come. And maybe this year, God might switch your internet router off. God might say, you know what, I'm going to turn off the things that distract you. And, And believe you me, Our world is filled more with distraction now than it ever has been. If if I had the power, I would totally obliterate the internet. But the thing is that we have to allow God to do things that might be uncomfortable, but that help us to focus again on him saying, come. Let me tell you, it is not hard to hear God. It's not hard to, to sense his presence but it requires an undistracted heart that says, I'm here, Lord. And he comes. And he presents himself, and he speaks, and he encourages, and he lifts you up. And I want to encourage you this year, I'm not on about New Year's resolutions, but allow the Spirit of God to work in you and to say, you know what? I'm looking for the opportunities that he gives. I'm looking for him to work through me. I'm expecting the Spirit to empower me. It's a a trust thing. You know, I've been preaching for 30 years, and I, I prepare my sermons, but over the last year, God has said to me, I don't want you to go with a whole notes full of stuff. I want you to be open to what I'm saying. And... And, you know, my heart power sitting there this morning thinking, you know, Lord, I've got this lovely sermon. It's ready. And he says, yeah, but I don't want you to use that. I want you to take the verse I gave you this morning, and I want you to launch off, and I will give you the words that you need to speak, that these folks need to hear, that will encourage them, that will empower them, and that will allow them to go out and say, you know what? I can do this. And so I want to say this morning, be blessed. Allow the Spirit of God to move you on. Ibtc, I'm so jealous because you are going to see amazing things that God is going to do through you. But I also believe for center church, it's time. It's time. God wants each one of you to be fully empowered by him and to go. And you do the small things and he will keep increasing and increasing and increasing. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk